So, so Lara, my wife, and, and Tony Steele over there, we went on Thursday, we went to um, Auckland Central Aglow, which was a lot of fun. And we got to share there, we got to minister there. And what I really loved is how many hungry people are around. Like, um, you know, diverse group, all from different places in the body, different belief systems. Um, but it doesn't really matter. Eh? God is so good at meeting us where we are. Yeah. And um, it was great to see people just responding to know that there was more of God. And they were owning their journey. When someone, you know, to see these people and, and you've shared that there's more available in God. And they actually come up and they say, I want more of God. I mean, they're owning their journey with God. And I think it's amazing. We had such a good time. Well, I did. I assume you did. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. It's good. So um, <clears throat> one of the things um, that, that I was sharing about was um, Lara and my own journey of discovery. For the last 10 years, just over 10 years, we've been on the whole kingdom journey of, of really um, exploring the kingdom. And, and I shared a bit on that. And... Um, I guess for me, I'm really interested in, in discovering and understanding and living from that place of the kingdom, you know? Yeah. And, and that brings up great questions. I don't know if you guys have questions, but I do. And it brings up questions for me like, what is the kingdom? You know, what, what do, do we really understand what the kingdom is? Or are we just using popular terms, you know, like we throw the apostolic label on everything? You know, oh, that's apostolic. We, we do the old thing, but with a new label because it's a popular term. You know, we're we doing things like that. What are the attributes of the kingdom? What are the, what are the characteristics of his kingdom? Um, what, does it, what does it mean about identity? You know, yours, mine, and, and this thing of being one body in Christ. I mean, what does that look like? And, and what does that mean for the supernatural? Like, what is possible in Christ? How much... How much can we, we push this thing of the supernatural? Yeah. And, um, and, and then also, what does that mean about the way we do things? Like the intentionality, the motivation behind what we do. You know? And so these are all questions I've been thinking about. And um, some of you could even have deeper questions than that. Some of you might be just um, listening to white noise. But... You know, um, <laughs> you know, um, questions are good. I like questions because the, the advantage of a question, it means that you can be on a journey, eh? Yeah. And I think when you've got questions, um, it actually stops you and it guards you from stagnation. And it keeps us in a place where our hearts are teachable. <laughs> it positions us where we're not our own point of reference. Yeah. You know, that's never a good place to go. And it keeps, it keeps, our, uh, keeps us with a momentum with our relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know? And so um, I'm, I'm on a journey of discovering all those questions and, and how does it change the way that I see? How does, it, how does it transform the way I think, the way I perceive? And, and learning to see as he sees, learning to love as he loves, how does, that, how does that affect me? How does it affect the way I turn up? And how does that influence the world that's around me? So, so these are my thoughts. And so um, I think understanding Scripture and understanding the Father's heart and understanding our part in this whole story is really important. 
Because we're part of a big story, eh? The, the father getting his sons and the sons getting their father. You know, and that's, that's a great story to be part of. So I want to start today to share about, um, it's probably going to be a series of messages if Trent ever lets me speak again, um, <laughs> on, on the attributes of the kingdom. <laughs> and so um, the attributes of the kingdom. And I think the corner thing to start with today would be really understanding um, the lordship of Jesus. I think that's the cornerstone of understanding the kingdom, the attributes of the kingdom. Ooh, we're live. So, it's an interesting thing. Back in um, First Chronicles 17, God promised King David that one of his descendants would build him a house and, a, and he would establish his throne forever. I think this is really interesting because just after David, we had Solomon, you know, who builds a temple, who has a realm that he rules over. But Solomon's reign actually ends. So we know it's not talking about Solomon. We know that Jesus actually fulfilled this bit of scripture here. Um, Jesus was the, the fulfillment of this promise to David. He's building a house of living stones. That's us, that's the church. And he's established a kingdom that will know no end. And so the church is a community. And the kingdom is everything that Jesus reigns over. So he reigns, and it says in Matthew somewhere that he has been given all authority that's in heaven and in the earth. Amen? So he reigns. He has absolute reign over all things. It's a good thought, eh? So... Um, that kind of goes down a rabbit trail that I'm not going to go to today, but I'd really like to. How, how, how we as a community, how we as living stones actually function within the kingdom of God. Because the, the, the house that Jesus is building of living stones is basically the habitation of his presence. Yeah. The habitation of his presence. And then we have a kingdom. So God sent a saviour, Jesus, and he died on a cross. He resurrected, good news there. He ascended, and he now sits at the right hand of the Father. He has been enthroned. That's brilliant news, eh? All authority has been given to him over heaven, over earth. He is above all things. Ephesians 1.20 says, He raised him from the dead, and seated him at the right hand of a heavenly place, uh, right in, at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet, and he gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I love that. For over 2,000 years, Jesus has been reigning. That's brilliant. Some of you sound like, you know, by your response, it might be the first time you heard this, but 2,000 years ago, Jesus now reigns. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's really good news. So he's reigning, but what we haven't seen yet is the full manifestation of that reign. Amen? 
if you see any deficiency or lack, we know that the full manifestation of his reign hasn't invaded that place yet. So not yet, exactly. So I love this statement here, Matthew 6. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a powerful statement, hey. It's the vision of this house. It's on the wall over there in big letters too. On earth as in heaven. <laughs> the, the deep interpretation of that means basically as it is in heaven, it should be on the earth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the kingdom of God is not some distant realm that's unobtainable. It's not some distant place. The kingdom of God is actually here. And so in Luke 17, Jesus said something really interesting. He said, Now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Ooh. So the kingdom of God is here. It's around you. Luke 17 tells us that the kingdom is not some event that's going to arrive. It's already here. The message translation says in Luke 17, it says, the kingdom of God doesn't come by counting the days on the calendar. (laughs) Wow. So we could get busy waiting for something to be established when if we lent in, we would see he's already established his reign. So that again, we can get busy waiting for an event to happen and not realize he's already established his reign. Wow. Mm. Here's another good thought. Lots of scripture today. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Wow. You've, you've been transferred from the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of Jesus, where he reigns. Come on. <laughs> so the kingdom of God is the opposite of darkness, if you didn't know. Uh, like Trent was sharing last week, you know, Jesus good, the devil bad. You know? <laughs> So the kingdom of God is the opposite of darkness where sin and death do not reign. Come on. Jesus reigns. His kingdom is of love and life and abundance and increase because it's a kingdom that is continually advancing. So the kingdom dwells within us and it's already here in our midst, but the Holy Spirit is awakening us to the reality so that we can release his kingdom so that we can see what has already been established manifest in dark places and life and hope and abundance come. Here's another good verse. This is the amplified version of Matthew 18. I think it probably presents this bit of verse really well. I think some other translations kill it. You don't have a peak translation today, so you're lucky. So whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, 
shall have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful on earth, shall have already been loosed in heaven. Whoa. (laughs) That changes it, doesn't it? All things coming under the rule and the reign of Jesus. So the manifested kingdom of God, according to Romans 14, is righteousness, peace, and joy. (laughs) Romans 14, yeah. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The attributes of heaven becoming the attributes of earth. Heaven's normal becoming earth's normal. That's the easy way to put it. Heaven's normal becoming earth's normal. And we get to do that. We get to partner with that. We get to agree with that. As we, as we take hold of the kingdom, as we see what's normal for him, we get to decree it and release it on the earth and make the dominion of darkness come in and submit to the kingdom of Jesus. Mm. Come on, it's good news, eh? Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the fruits of the Spirit are the manifestations of his kingdom. They're the manifestation of his nature, you know, his love, his peace, his joy, his patience, his kindness. (laughs) These are all attributes of his kingdom that get to manifest on the earth. And we get to partner with the Holy Spirit to see his kingdom come and his kingdom be known. So what that means is where we see a deficiency of love, when we see a deficiency of peace, where we, and this is an interesting one, because it says, blessed are, those, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. You know, So when we're functioning out of heaven's normal, when we're functioning out of the, the kingdom's normal, the world sees sons. And that's what the world's waiting for. (laughs) So we partner with the Holy Spirit. When we see deficiency in love, when we see deficiency in peace, when we see deficiency in joy, patience, justice, hope, we get to release love, peace, joy, righteousness, hope into all those situations. Yeah. Yeah. When we were at a glow on Thursday, um, Tony gave a really good word about hope. And there was really good response about it, eh? You know, what was that? There was a deficiency in hope. And the release of the word that there is hope became something that people could actually take hold of and own and become part of their lives. And the kingdom has come. The deficiency has been removed. The works of the enemy destroyed there of pulling down and robbing someone of hope has been restored by the kingdom coming. Wow. This is what we get to do. This is the fun stuff. Is it making sense? Cool. So when we understand the kingdom and that we're being made citizens of, this kingdom that we're being made citizens of, and we begin to realize the fullness of the freedom that Jesus has won for us, we actually come into a place of responsibility of having to manage ourselves 
and being good stewards of truth. So we realize that actually we're meant to be carriers of love, hope, and joy and righteousness. We then have a responsibility to steward that when we come into those environments where there's the deficiency. So now you've heard this message, you've got no excuse. (laughs) No obligation. (laughs) Galatians 5 says, For it was for freedom that Christ set you free. I love that verse. I've shared on it before. So freedom's this interesting concept. Many people think that freedom doesn't have a structure. But freedom is actually really heavily structured because the structure of freedom is actually love. It's governed by love. And um, First Peter, it says, act as free men. <coughs> Sorry. And do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. It's an interesting word. So if we don't use if we don't use love to action our freedom, uh, we end up using freedom to serve ourselves, and the result is that we actually end up back in bondage. So the very core of the kingdom is love, and it's an easy conclusion that God is inviting us to use our freedom to express love, because God first used His strength to benefit us. You know, he used his strength to benefit you. He is the perfect model of love in action. And he's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't done himself or that he isn't continually doing. He's invited us to partake of his divine nature in Christ. Second Peter as he thinks, so do we, you know? That's what we've been invited into. Um, the nature of love is not to um, just seek its own, but it seeks the benefit of others. And so this is where we as a community, we get to bless society. We get, we get to bless the world. You know, we get to bless them with the, the, the kingdom gospel. This is, this is the living stones that Jesus is establishing functioning in the kingdom, you know, to release his kingdom, to, to exercise our freedom to see his kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. And he's utilizing a body. That means we all get to do the stuff. You know, it's not a chosen free, a few people that get to, you know, raise the dead and... and, and heal the sick and all that stuff. We all get to do it because we're part of the one body. We're part of the house that he's establishing as a habitation of his presence to release that kingdom. So you're important. You're important. You're valuable. You know the body's incomplete when you don't stand up. When you don't step up, the body's actually incomplete. And we've been entrusted with this awesome thing called the gospel of the kingdom. Which I think the church has deleted over, deluded over the years and we've, we've made it the gospel of salvation. But we've actually been entrusted with the gospel of the kingdom. And it's a big difference. So the gospel means good news. 
And who knows, salvation is good news. Amen? That's why we're all here. (laughs) But the fullness of that good news is the kingdom. Within that gospel of the kingdom is the, the good news of salvation, but that's not where it ends. That's where it only begins. There is the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of his kingdom, where Jesus reigns and his kingdom is advancing, where hope, life, and freedom and empowerment is being released. Come on. Yeah. So the kingdom of God, the, the, the kingdom of God gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, focuses on bringing our life into alignment with the king's will. You know, it's not just limited to the church, but to take freedom, love, peace, and joy to the world. The kingdom mindset is about revealing the king's will in society and every place of influence that you have. And every place of influence you have is wherever you walk. (laughs) The kingdom of God is within you, and every step that you take, the kingdom goes with you. You are a catalyst of influence. Yeah. That's a good thought. It's not just what happens in here. It's where where you take it tomorrow and the next day. You are heaven's strategy. You know, and that's good news. Okay, here's a really deep thought. (laughs) I'm rushing through some of this. There's lots of rabbit trails on all of these things. Here's a deep thought. Kingdoms have kings. (laughs) I don't know if you thought about that, but kingdoms have kings. (laughs) It's, you know, it's deep. And we're citizens of a kingdom. And so we have a king who's Lord. And we hear a lot about who we are, and I think that's great. I'm a big advocate of identity and teaching people about identity and letting people discover their identity. But on top of that, we also have to know whose we are. We often spend a lot of time knowing who we are, but we have to answer the question of whose we are. I'll make this comment. To the degree we submit to the Lordship of Jesus is equal to the degree we walk as ambassadors of his kingdom. So that to the the amount of submission you have to Lord Jesus is equal to the amount you walk as an ambassador of the kingdom. 2 Corinthians, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God was making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So, Ambassadors represent the interest of the kingdom and the desire of the king. That's what an ambassador does. They, they represent the interest of the kingdom and the desire of the king, the king's heart. Now you think about the life of Jesus on the earth. He was, he was an ambassador of the father. What did Jesus do? He revealed the desire of the father to have sons. And Jesus and the father are one mind and in an agreement. He even said, you know, if you see me, you see the Father. So when we submit to the Lordship of Jesus, when we, uh, we are actually aligning our, th- uh, our thoughts and our life with the thoughts of the Father. 
when we submit to the person of Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> watching too much Simpsons, when you, <laughs> when you submit to the life, the lordship of Jesus, <laughs> that's right, eh? <laughs> we're actually coming into alignment with the thoughts of the Father. Mm. So then when we look at that verse, your kingdom come, your will be done, has a whole different perspective on it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That takes place because we've actually submitted ourselves under the will of the Father. His will being established on the earth. Submitting to Jesus, he reigns, you know. If you look at... um, if you look at the letters that Paul, Timothy, James, Peter, and Jude wrote, they all, they all described themselves as slaves of Christ. And, um, or some translations may say bondservants. And um, what's really interesting about this is this is a willing choice. This is an agreement. This is, a, this is an expression of their devotion to God. They've made this proclamation that I am a servant of Christ. I'm a slave to Christ. I'm a bond servant to Christ. And it's what it is is it's a, posi- a position of submission that's actually only breakable by death. That was what they were actually saying with that word, bond servant. I'm basically submitting my life under the lordship of Jesus and the only thing that can break this is my death. And what's really interesting is this submission to Christ was not into bondage. But it was an act of stewarding their freedom and all that Christ had achieved for them. And this is the thing about the kingdom, eh? You, to, die, to live, you've got to die. And you actually, have to be, you actually have to submit to be empowered. <laughs> you actually have to submit to be empowered. And I know some of us struggle with that, especially if there's been abusive leadership and things like that, and we struggle with submitting. But we realize that Jesus is perfect, eh? (laughs) He's safe. So if we're struggling with submitting to the lordship of Jesus, we actually have to deal with that. We actually have to say, no, I have to do this. I have to do this, because then I know I'm aligning with the Father's thoughts for me. And then I know not only is his kingdom and his reign coming, but his will will be done on the earth. And what's the father's will? That he would have his sons and his sons would have his father. So submission is an act of appropriating the victory of Jesus. (laughs) Romans 8. For now having been free from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefits resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. So this bond did not make Paul a slave to bondage. But it empowered him to run his race really, really well. And, and, and step into all that the Father had for him. I think these are big thoughts. I think pledging an allegiance to the Lord 
Jesus is a position of strength in him. It's actually finding the safest place you could be. The most empowering place you could be is in submission to the Lord Jesus. It's, it's saying that I'm going to use my strength, Jesus. I'm going to use my freedom that you won for me. I'm going to use all that you took hold of for me. I'm going to use that and all my strength, all my life, and everything you have benefited with me is going to serve your purpose. Here's an interesting thing. He gave you all those things without requiring you to submit. <laughs> That's a big thought, eh? He gave you a new life. He gave you freedom. He gave you wholeness. And he didn't make submission to his rule mandatory. But he's empowered us to say yes to submitting to him. Come on. Wow. What would happen in our lives if we, if we invited the Lordship of Jesus to reign where there was lack? In our health, in our finances, in our families, Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Jesus is Lord. Come on. He's he is enthroned. (laughs) Have you thought he's actually sitting on par with the Father? That's how much the Father trusts him. (laughs) that's how much the father trusts him that the father has given him all authority and all power and not only has he put Jesus on a throne next to him he's actually put us in Christ and we're seated in heavenly places with Christ wow wow But you see, we can't function fully with those keys that the, that the living stones have been given, the keys of the kingdom, without really submitting to the lordship of Jesus. Without submitting to the lordship of Jesus. I love that we're sons. I love that we have this identity. I love that we have this freedom, that we do all these crazy things. But for me, I want to understand what it really means to walk and live submitted to the Lord Jesus. Of letting him reign in my life. Of letting him, of letting what he thinks dominate my own thought life. Of letting him reign in my situations. You know, in that place, anxiety and fear can't live. Hopelessness can't live there. Let's stand, eh? Let's just um, let's just start to honor Jesus.
Jesus, we, we honor you. We acknowledge your lordship. Jesus. You know, the word says that every knee will bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. Do you know, we get a choice whether we're forced to do that or we choose to do that. Because when he turns up, everyone, everyone's going to bow their knee and declare his lordship. But we have this privilege now of actually choosing to say, yeah, you're my Lord. <laughs> That's a much better choice than it being forced upon you when he turns up. <laughs> you know, if, if what I've shared today has resonated something with you, I'd just like to invite you to come up and, and just cement the position of Jesus as, as Lord. Letting him reign in your life, not just knowing that you've been saved, but that, that you've stepped into a kingdom that has a king and he reigns. And invite him to have permission to reign in every circumstance of your life. Invite him to come. Invite him to, to reign where there is lack. Jesus. Yeah, we declare your lordship in this house, God. We declare your lordship over our community. We declare that your lordship would be known in this nation and the nations of the world. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you. We honor you.